1: This is Don,
2: and this is Devin, and we're We're from from Code Code Pineapple, Pineapple, and we're all about children's edutainment. We have a couple of book series out. One is an adventure series, and the other is a mystery series. And our latest book, A Mermaid's Promise, is the sequel in the adventure series, The Legend of Pineapple Cove. We've got it out for you at the end of December, December 29th. And if you haven't seen the first book yet, you can check out Poseidon Stormblaster, and both will be on promotion for the holidays.
1: You're
0: listening to the Life as Leadership podcast. Are you looking for motivation and encouragement on your path to becoming a better leader? If so, you've come to the right place. Keep listening to find a community of leaders committed to learning and taking action to improve their world. The Life as Leadership podcast, where leaders gather to grow together. Here's your host, Josh Friedman. Hey, everyone. I hope you are doing well today. You just heard Devin Cowick and Don Wilson, who are the co-founders of Code Pineapple, which is a business that is focused on helping kids and families get off of screens and spend more time together. And if you are one of those last-minute shoppers for Christmas, I would encourage you to consider checking out their books. You can look them up on Amazon.com or you can go to their website directly at CodePineapple.com. Now, Devin and Don co-founded their business, Code Pineapple, where pineapple is the code word for unplugged fun and they'll talk about that a little bit in the interview they help families with kids live a healthy balanced life in the digital world through a four-part framework of screen habits offline alternatives self-esteem and relationships together they have built code pineapple to be an award-winning publisher of multiple best-selling books and a leader in children's edutainment here are devin cowick and don wilson Devin and Don, welcome to the podcast.
2: Thanks, Thanks. Josh. Glad to be here.
0: Yeah, happy to be on. Well, I like to start off every interview with a few questions that help us to get to know you better as leaders and to give us some actionable advice for our own leadership. You ready?
2: Yeah, let's hear them.
1: What is some lesson, saying, or experience that continues to influence your leadership to this day? Okay, so I guess I'll take that one first and then uh, Devin will bring it in. Um, So. For me, actually, probably one of the biggest things, one of the most important things i found um, was by mentor Jim Rohn, uh, if you've ever heard the name before. Brilliant. He, he's always had a brilliant way of delivering messages and, and making it very simple to understand um, kind of how to succeed in life. And so one of the things that I love that he always uh, used to say was, success is not something you pursue. It is something you attract by the person you become. And so for me, that just shifted my mindset in life and the way I approached everything. And so, you know, he follows that with, if you want more in life, become more. And uh, that's been true. I've actually taken that to heart from a personal perspective, um, from an individual contributor perspective kind of in life. And then also, um, as I've taken on leadership roles and I've worked, with, worked in terms of leading teams, making sure I'm improving who I am to do that and the team as a whole. So yeah, so that's the message for me. That's the one that I carry with me to this day.
2: For me, the experience that has impacted me around leadership is actually one that I had when I was in high school on um, the cross country team, uh, long distance running. And I was made co-captain of the team. And at the time, I really um, didn't feel up to the, the challenge because I felt like Um, I had enough to worry about with myself and keeping myself on track. And now I had to also be responsible for the other people on the team. But um, my coach uh, told me something reassuring, which was that, uh, you know, there are different types of leadership and yours could be just the leading by example. Um, Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. you can just the other people on your team will see what you're doing and be inspired by, by what you're doing. And now there are other parts that I learned to do as well, but that kind of gave me the confidence to feel like maybe I, I could be a leader, even though I didn't feel like one. And that's something that I still struggle with is feeling like a leader.
0: Use
1: three descriptors to finish this sentence. A leader is... All right. So I'll take one of those anyways. A leader is a is a cheerleader um, when they are working on a team and when they're not, they are... Um, to Devin's point, leading by example. But I would say that first one for me is cheerleader. I'll let you take the second
2: one. <laughs> um, I'd say a leader is empathetic um, so that they are uh, aware of what's going on with their, their team and they can understand how they're feeling um, because context is everything.
1: Yeah, and that third one, man, I'm trying to think of the right phrase for it because the leader is someone who asks... The question, why, who drives towards why we do things and and pushing people to the next level. So I would almost say they're kind of... What
2: about like visionary? Yeah,
1: yeah, maybe, uh, you know, if we throw the word visionary around all the time, but but really it is someone who um, isn't afraid to ask the hard questions and to to work towards the best solutions.
2: And thinking at a higher level. Mm
1: -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: What is a question that leaders should be asking either
1: themselves or others? So, I mean, the question is is, um, why, actually. Whenever you're trying to shape the future, it's always important to understand why are we doing what we're doing today? Um, How is that impacting us and affecting us? And why is it affecting us in those ways? It's really just being curious about that, curious enough to, to improve the way we do things today. And so for me, I think it really comes down to a simple question of why are we doing that?
2: Yeah, I don't know that I can think of a specific question, um, but something that I've actually learned from Don hearing about his experience um, with leadership and the large teams that he's led is that um, it is important for the, a leader to be asking lots of questions mm-hmm. um, to get to the root of um, what's going on, because if you don't completely understand the situation, then you're going to be moving forward with, you know, less information than you need and want to have. Mm -hmm. So I, I can't think of a specific one right now, but just asking all the questions that you need to ask to get a full picture. Mm
0: -hmm. So what is a book that each of you would recommend to all the leaders listening to this podcast today?
2: Um, Well, I guess one for me is the, um, What's what's the one the personality one or strengths StrengthsFinder? finder yeah, yeah strengths finder I think is a really good one because you should really understand yourself yeah. first and foremost
1: yeah no that's a, actually that's a great point so that's one of those interesting ones right where it's not it's not actually a guidebook on how to lead teams it's not a guidebook on leadership at its core it's a guidebook to help you discover and reflect on yourself like you said so that's actually that's pretty brilliant honestly because before you go out to lead um Others, you got to look inwardly. That's great. Well, I like I that one. Thank you. <laughs> I like that. That's good. No, I didn't. Uh, I didn't even think of it in that of of that kind. So that's it just brilliant.
2: came to me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so um, yeah. So actually, to add on to that, I think you know leadership in a lot of ways is is relationship. So there's two aspects to leadership. I, I would say there's the the skill of um, of growth and and figuring out how to head in a specific direction and get others to follow you. And so that heading in the direction, there's the skill of just doing that piece of leading by example, to Devin's point earlier. And then there is the art of um, people and the relationship side of it and and bringing others with you on that journey. And so those two aspects really complete leadership in their totality. So uh, I say that um, to kind of address it in twofold. The people side, the relationship. Side, I think one of the best books I've ever read, and uh, even to this day, I, I go back to at times, is "How to um, Win Friends and Influence People" by Dale Carnegie. It is a brilliant book, and in, in terms of um, the relationship side, and really, you know, at, at its core, what it says is: before you seek to be understood by others, you must first understand them. You must first understand where they're coming from, where they're at today, before you can. Ever get them to understand your perspective and where does you want to take them, and building that relationship and that kind of trust is is super important um, from the people side. And then from the skill side, I'd say one of the books that I've liked a lot from a business leadership perspective is *The Effective Executive* by Peter Drucker. He really um, does a great job articulating kind of in a simple framework of how to how to lead a team towards an objective, and gives more of the tactical side of. Of leadership and the skills of heading in a direction and accomplishing your objectives. So for me, those are two, I mean, there's a lot of great books out there, but those are two that stand out. If you could get every listener to start doing something this
0: week to help them be a better leader, what would that thing be?
1: So for, I mean, for me, it would be, um, listening to those around them, uh, there's, there's two, there's two, actually two p- things I can think of. You know, it's funny, narrowing it down to just one, um, for me is always very difficult because I can think <laughs> of about 500 things. And so narrowing it to the ones that'll really be the needle movers for folks right out of the gate. Um, one of them is, is listening and you know, if you're listening to somebody else, by the way that they start, uh, interacting with you, because they'll start sharing more with you. You'll see, uh, uh, you know, asking questions and being engaged in that conversation just to um, you know, it goes back to the Dale Carnegie reference of understanding them and and making them feel understood, which is honestly as important, if not more important than actually understanding them is making them feel like you understand them. And that comes down to listening and asking them questions as they, you know, as they begin to share with you, asking them questions and, and relating to them and offering up your own experiences that tie into their questions and then asking them more and, and listening. So just having that really Connected dialogue, I think is a really, uh, really powerful piece. And then the other piece I would say is, is learning um, the art of storytelling, Mm -hmm. right? One of the best ways to, Mm -hmm. if you're trying to influence a team or just even influence yourself, um, the art of story and being able to craft kind of, um, here's where we're at today. Here's where we're going. Here's the challenges we faced and getting really good at that. um, People. Uh, there was a study that, that was out there that it creates this um, actual bond between people, between the storyteller and the listeners as they hear these stories being told. So for me, those are the two, two things I would say. Start practicing today. Start practicing telling stories and start practicing uh, the art of listening to others and making them feel understood.
2: Mm-hmm. And then uh, one thing that comes to mind for me is to, if you're not already, really start um, appreciating people and showing gratitude for what they've done and, and recognition. Because um, if people don't feel appreciated, then it's just soul crushing and they're, mm-hmm. they're not going to mm-hmm. want to keep moving forward and, and yeah. trying to um, meet your expectations and, and um, achieving greater things if they don't feel like what they've already been putting out for you is seen.
0: And now we have our final arbitrary but insightful question. And Don, I think you may have showed your hand a little bit on this already. Devin, maybe not quite so much for you, but the question is this. As a general life principle, is it better to ask why or why not? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, we were talking about this one um, earlier today and Don was talking about, he laid all all of it out, why <laughs> it's so important to ask both. Yeah. Um, and I feel like he should he should share that because he has already kind of talked about, he, I think, leans towards the why, yeah. but he he definitely feels strongly about both.
0: Well, just so you know, I'm going to make you come down to one right answer. So
1: go ahead and give your reasoning for both. But I want to hear what you think is the one answer. <laughs> okay. All right. That's fair. That's fair. So so why or why not? So here's the thing, right, with um why it's really interesting. I heard this story um, some time ago where a little girl was cooking with her mom and they would cut the the legs off the turkey before they put it in the, in the pot to put it in the oven. And she asked her mom, mom, why do we do that? And her mom said, you know, I I don't know. Um, and so then her mom called her grandma and her grandma said, you know, I, I actually don't know. That's just the way my mom always did it. And so finally they got a hold of their great grandma who was still alive and they're like, grandma, why do we always do that? Um, because it's just how they were always taught. And their grandma said, well, because we never had a pot big enough for the turkey. Mm. <laughs> and so I love that story because it's it's simple and it's funny. It cracks me up whenever I hear it. But I mean, it's really true, right? And the things that we do today, they may make sense. And, and that's what we're going to teach those who are guiding and mentoring. But tomorrow, that same approach may not make sense. So if folks don't, you know, if, if your team doesn't understand or people around you don't understand the why behind what you're doing or what you're asking them to do, they could end up doing exactly what they're told, which may be the exact opposite of really what you wanted them to do. So I think it's really important to to understand the why and always go back to why are we doing it this way? Um, you know, what uh, what drove us to this spot? And then the question to your, you know, second part is why not? Uh, try it this way? Have we thought about this? Have we thought about these other things? Why don't we try this? So I think if you were to put me in a box and make me choose between the two, I would, I would choose why <laughs> I would, I would choose why, because I think that, you know, all all great solutions um, start with asking the best questions. And the best question you can ask is why? Um, and not ask it once, but ask it, and then after you get that answer, ask it again. Uh, you know, little kids really get it because they'll ask you the same question. They'll ask you why like five times in a row. <laughs> and finally, you just say because, <laughs> right? But um, but, but that's absolutely right. Having the spirit to continue to do that, I think, is what some of the best leaders do because they really get um, – that's how you get a, a, a total solution, some of the best solutions um, going forward and heading in the best, best direction. One other thing I want to say about the why not, one of the things I've seen people do a lot of times is they'll say, I can't, Um, I can't do that. And so that's where the why not is really appropriate. But I think a better question to ask when you're in that situation is instead of when someone says, can't, why not just ask the question, well, how can you, we can't achieve it in the way you're thinking about it, but how could we, how could we get there? How can we do this? So I'm going to go with why over why not. Mm-hmm. And then in the scenarios where I can't comes up, I would say, how can you? Mm-hmm. Devin, how about you? That was quite the explanation right there. Do you have any thoughts to
0: add on top of that?
2: Um, I would probably choose um, why as well, just because of I've been in some very... Um, like red tape, bureaucratic <laughs> situations um, where you you have to do things a certain way, and that this it's just because this is how they've always been done. This is how we do things. But when you try and push it and say, "Well, we could be doing it this way, and this way would be better," but it's you know, well, this is just the way we do it. And so you you that is where I learned the importance of asking why things are done because it may not be for. Um, a reason that is serving currently it could be just a while ago like the turkey leg situation
0: Well, Devin and Don, this is the second episode in recent memory where we've spent more than 15 minutes on the introduction questions. And I guess that just means I'm having more philosophical leaders on these days. But we're actually here to talk about your business, Code Pineapple. So I'm hoping you'll share a little bit about what it is, what you're doing through Code Pineapple, and how it falls into this realm of what you call edutainment. Mm -hmm.
2: Um, Well, as you mentioned, um, Code Pineapple, we came up with it. um, And so the name is because pineapple is the code word for unplugged fun. And the whole purpose of our business is to help people, help families with kids, especially to be able to have balance in this increasingly digital, hyper digital world that we live in, and just to live healthy, balanced lives. And it can be a struggle because we have screens everywhere. We have them, not just the computer and TV, but we have them in our pockets. Mm -hmm. We have, you know, tablets that are so portable. Um, And so it can be very easy to just fall into this rhythm of constantly being on a Mm -hmm. screen, being in the digital world instead of really engaging with the uh, real world. And I think that that is impacting all of us, but it's especially, um, you can see the strong impact on kids growing up these days because they don't have uh, as much experience offline as the rest of us do because we grew up uh, in a time before a lot of these technologies were invented um, or at least mainstream. And then Also, just because kids are still developing, their brains are still developing, their personalities, their communication, all of that. Um, And so our approach at Code Pineapple around edutainment is that we're trying to make sure that these offline um, alternatives are as attractive as the online ones. And so we think of it as edutainment because we want it to be um, good for the brain so that's the edu side, educational side, but then we also want it to be entertaining and um, engaging and interactive.
1: And fun for the heart. So I have to ask this
0: question that a number of people are wondering right now, which is what is the story behind the name Code Pineapple and why is pineapple the code word for unplugged fun? can
1: <laughs> you want to tell a story?
2: You go ahead. I just talked a lot. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. Um, yeah, so actually when we were first starting out, we were trying to figure out what, what we wanted to do, right? You kind of do the uh, vision boarding and purpose and trying to figure out how you actually want to um, make an impact on the world. So as we were going through it, um, we came across Pineapple Rafts, and we were actually going to look to start our business in selling um, pineapple rafts because like
2: a pool float, like
1: a pool float, right? Like floating down the river kind of thing. And the reason is because, you know, as we were looking at the things we, we want, we knew we wanted to do something offline because day in and day out, we're both sitting behind computers nonstop from a work perspective. And when we looked around, it was kind of the same thing for our friends and for their kids. So we were all just kind of, we were spending a lot of time online. So we wanted to do something, um, that involved, products and solutions that were offline. And we, you know, the story came into mind to start this whole thing off where we just pictured, you know, two people sitting at their computer, like Devin and me. And then one of them's like nodding off, right? Like it's probably me, the guy's nodding off. And then Devin's on her computer and she's like, just starts banging because she's so frustrated with something going on on the computer screen because it's locking up and the computer isn't working the way it's supposed to. It wakes me up and, uh, And uh, I look over at her and I say the word pineapple. And she looks back and she smiles and she says pineapple. And the next scene is us floating down a river on these pineapple raft floats, which is when we were in DC, that was what you did is you floated down the river on rafts uh, to relax. And so that whole messaging just resonated so well with us. It was like in every way. and, And it was funny as we started to look out there, pineapples are a symbol for Health and happiness and vacation and all these things kind of already
2: summer, summer and hospitality. And, yeah,
1: and it's everything that is kind of offline
2: mm-hmm. in in
1: a lot of ways. So we we kind of love what it meant already, and then just that whole um, storyline experience that we just kind of had,
2: and we just we loved the idea of that pineapple raft. It oh, was so we cool. loved it.
1: <laughs> we never did sell it though. We never did end up selling them, but it did inspire us for you know the code word for unplugged fun when things are just. You just need to um, break free is pineapple.
0: I love that story. And I love what you have done with code pineapple because you have seen a problem that most others see, but instead of seeing the problem and not doing anything or seeing the problem and wishing something would change, you've actually gotten up and done something about it. So my question to you is, what made you do something about the problem that you saw?
2: Well... I can say that for myself, it's hard for me once I have seen something that I think is wrong, it's hard for me to ignore it. I need to do something about it. And so it'll just be gnawing at me if I if I don't take action.
1: Uh, I'm the same way. I definitely feel that pain. For me, I always like to look towards the future and, and envisioning kind of a world where we've got technology at our disposal, but at the same time, you know, relation, our relationships are healthy with our friends. It's healthy. Like that excites me to know that we could just even just a little bit make an impact in terms of getting um, families to unplug from the digital world and actually connect with one another, even just a little bit is super exciting. And, um, and being able to do that through the uh, telling these children's stories and making it adventurous and kind of, Entertainment for the heart and soul, as well as educational. Uh, that just sounds so much like so much fun to me. That's awesome. You have this four-part framework of screen habits, offline alternatives,
0: self-esteem, and relationships. And I'd love to hear how you are promoting these things with your books, and maybe even with the products mm-hmm. that are based off of your books.
2: Yeah. Well, we are still building our um, our products and services um, in order to address those those that four-part framework. So it's a little under. Or in the works, mm-hmm. um, but mm-hmm. I can say that as far as the screen habits, that is something where we've we've just been sharing um, the research that we're finding around how people can have um, a healthier relationship with their phone, how they can have a more balanced um, or develop those good habits. Um, so that includes, you know, for kids having their phone um, not go to bed with them putting putting their phone to bed before they do. Um, For adults, it can be, you know, turning off certain notifications on your phone so that you're not constantly bombarded with distractions and um, so that you can focus on one thing at a time. And then something that we like to do um, is have at least one unplugged meal per week um, so that we can really focus on um, whoever the meal is with and be present. Um, so those are just a few examples of the habit side of things. Um, did you want to talk about one of the other ones?
1: Yeah. I mean, well, I'd say actually with, um, with all of them right now, Devin is um, she's reached out to what t- 11, 12 different um, experts in the field to like pull all of this research together. And you're going to be doing this, um, you know, virtual summit here mm-hmm. in the month of January where you're interviewing them as we speak and you're going to be interviewing more and pulling it up. So it's, so to to Devin's point, you know, a lot of that is in the works, live as we speak, trying to really understand the problem and ways to solve it. Um, so there's that that's up and coming in terms of more um, direct in terms of addressing kind of the problem. And then what I'd say with the books, which is kind of where we started with everything, is through the art of, of storytelling. We wanted to speak and reach um, kids and families at a level that they already were. And that was um, by creating engaging stories, because that's something a kid can do, whether they're online or offline. But through, through the story, there's this uh, aspect of leading by example that Devin had referred to kind of at the beginning, where kids get to see how other kids, the similar age to them in the stories, handle different situations, situations of bravery, situations with teamwork, uh, with kindness, with listening and caring and understanding each other, you know, all, all of these things that we've already kind of talked about in terms of themes of leadership, they're getting to witness through the story that they're reading. And so while they get to enjoy it, they also get to kind of see the relationship side. They get to see how each other are connecting. So I'll, I'll just probably speak to that one. And the cool thing that we've done with these books, I think, I think it's cool, um, that Devin came up with, is at the back of these books to put discussion guides for parents, so it's more than just a story. It's a story that both a kid and the parent can enjoy together. So mom and dad, the kid can all kind of read the stories together. And then it, at the end of it, there's this discussion guide to pull on those uh, themes and to ask kind of their the child um, whether or not, you know, what, how they understood that certain theme to, to be addressed, you know, in terms of bravery, in terms of um, the teamwork side. So it makes it a little more than just a book. It makes it interactive. And as a result, they not only get to see by example through story, but then they get to connect with the uh, mom and dad and their child can connect.
2: Which is part of the relationships building side. Which
1: is part of the relationships building side. And that conversation will happen offline. Mm
2: -hmm. And so
1: even if they, you know, read the story online in that way, it kind of takes them offline. It gives them a chance to unplug through that piece of it
2: and then we have the yeah. we have the books as ebooks but we also have them as paperbacks so that in mm-hmm. itself is an example of the offline alternative mm-hmm. is is reading is offline
1: mm-hmm.
2: and then um
1: in the audiobook even yeah
2: and the audiobook coloring mm-hmm. book um and so then the self esteem part is more around um the kids building their communication and problem solving skills through reading or discussing them because the kids in the books are, they really have to problem solve. Um, they go on adventures and they have to solve riddles or things like that. Um, mm-hmm. So that's how the self-esteem connects there. And
1: and Delphi, even one of the main characters in the book, mm-hmm. she goes through this self-esteem crisis or I'm not sure what we call it, but right where she's not really welcome.
2: Identity crisis. She, identity crisis.
1: She doesn't feel like she's, she's like part an of outsider. The, She feels like an outsider. Like she's not part of the village. She questions her abilities to do things, uh, things like even swimming. So there's a lot of, for her, a lot of self esteem questions, kind of even in the beginning of the stories, that as you pull through the story, you get to see how she grows into herself and, and um, gets that confidence. Mm -hmm. I'd like for
0: you to share a little bit more about that digital parenting virtual summit at the end of January that you mentioned a few minutes ago. The tagline is transforming kids from moody screen zombies to happy, healthy Mm -hmm. humans, which I love. Could you let us know a little bit more about that summit and what it's all about and where people can go if they like what they've heard from you so far?
2: Yeah. So it's a digital parenting virtual summit where we're bringing together a dozen experts um, who will talk about things from like, you know, the screen habit side of things to the impact of technology on kids in the classroom, to um, how to get kids to fall in love with reading and how to build up their sense of self and and self-confidence so that they will be resilient to um, screen or, or tech addiction in the first place. Um, so we really have some incredible people that we're, we're lucky enough to have as guests at this summit and it'll be interview style. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm the one who will be interviewing each of these experts. And they all have, or a lot of them have some special things to share, some freebies to share with people who participate, mm-hmm. some giveaways.
1: Well, so, and who, who, just real quick, who are a couple of folks that we're going to be bringing on?
2: So we have Tom Kirsting, who's the author of Disconnected, who is frequently on TV and, and different news shows being interviewed. We've also got Dr. Danny Brassell, who's known mm-hmm. as the America's leading reading ambassador, who really knows all about how to get kids to ca- fall in love with reading. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got Anya Kemenetz, who is the author of The Art of Screen Time, who really has dialed in the balance part, mm-hmm. because some some of the experts really know about um, the negative impact of tech and are explaining that to people. But then Anya has this perspective on on the balance and how we can leverage the positive sides Mm -hmm. of technology. Mm -hmm. And so I wish I could name everyone. Right. That's just a few to give. (laughs) Those are just a few. And so we're very excited about them. And this is a free event, a free online event, because we want it to be as accessible as possible. Um, and then people can find out more about it on our Code Pineapple Facebook page, on our codepineapple.com website. Um, And we'll be putting more out about that very soon as it is almost a month away, Mm -hmm. January 21st and 22nd.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, thanks for sharing that with us. It sounds like a great event. Now, before we finish the interview today, is there anything that you would like to leave the listeners with either that you've already shared or that you'd just like to make sure that we don't leave the
1: interview without hearing from you? So there's this phrase that, uh, uh, who is it? Brendan Machard used to say, or, you know, whenever we were listening to some of his stuff, it was honor the struggle. So I think that (laughs) that is something that is, is a constant in our lives, whether, whether you feel like you're a leader or not, um, (laughs) you can definitely uh, probably think of times and you may be in one of those times right now where you're struggling, where there's something that you want or something that you see that you're going for. And you're just, it, it feels like you are, um, you don't feel like you have the momentum. You feel like you're at a roadblock. you you feel like you're not you're moving as fast as you want. Whatever it is, um, you feel like you're struggling. Well, success comes on the back of struggle. So, I would say, all of that that you're going through is so is to make is to help you appreciate what you're about to about to get and receive and see, and uh, that will only happen though if you keep going. And so I would say, honor the struggle.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Don reminds me of that all the time. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, we can both get impatient with the progress that we're making. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure other, your listeners have experienced that as well. And so it is a good reminder to honor the struggle. It mm-hmm. takes hard work to accomplish things. It's not going to happen um, right away. And mm-hmm. you have to experience a lot of um lessons learned, Mm. which is how you can see all your failures, (laughs) um, you're either succeeding or you're learning is something that I've heard as well, (laughs) which, um, is a good thing to a good mindset to have. Um, and so, yeah, I, I definitely agree with the importance of that. One thing for me, if, if someone is trying to learn to become a leader, um, a, a way that I have learned most of what I know is by observing other leaders. Hmm. And it's actually Mm -hmm. surprising how many people are in leadership roles that, that don't have the leadership skills. So you can, you can observe the really good leaders and, and identify what you think they're doing right and try and do those things yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Model them. But then you can also look at the leaders who are less skilled (laughs) at their leading and identify what you think that, you don't want to pick up from them and that you, right. you don't think you should be doing.
0: Well, Don and Devin, could you remind listeners where they can go if they would like to learn more about the digital parenting virtual summit on January 21st through 22nd and where the best place is for them to keep up with what you're doing at code pineapple.
2: Yeah. So I'd say that the two main places um, are on Facebook mm-hmm. code pineapple, Facebook page, um, and then codepineapple.com, our website. Yeah. And the- it's
1: spelled C O D E. Code Mm -hmm. pineapple, (laughs) P-I-N-E-A-P-P-L-E. Yep. Awesome. Well, Don and Devin, thank you so much for your time today.
0: It has been a pleasure. Thanks, Josh. Thanks. I love Don and Devin's mission and their vision for helping kids and families and really modeling for all of us what it looks like to see a problem and to address it. There are three things that I want to really highlight from today's episode. and The first one is when someone says, I can't, ask them, how can you? And I love that reframe that Don shared about during the why or why not question toward the beginning of the interview, because I think it is always helpful whenever people have a negative mindset to reframe the question and ask them, well, how can you make it happen? Another thing that I like is a question that comes from Tim Ferriss, which is, what would it look like if it were easy? And I just think that is such a simple but helpful way of looking at things, reframing questions from negative to positive. And the second one is the idea of honoring the struggle because success always comes on the back of struggle. So if you're going through something difficult right now, if you're faced with a problem that you've never been faced with before, face it head on, go through it, you'll come out stronger, and you will have success on the other side. And finally, this is just a broader theme from the entire interview. But when you see a problem, do something to fix it. Don't just look around and wonder who's going to be the person that steps up and does it because that person needs to be you. So when you see a problem that keeps on bothering you that you think needs to change, maybe you are the person to do something about it. Now be sure to come back on Friday because we are going to have our final episode for the year. I want to make sure that you're spending plenty of time with your family and friends and not taking up all of your time listening to the Life as Leadership podcast. And so we're going to come back in 2020 in the new decade with plenty of new content with great interviews and great guests. But be sure to finish out 2019 strong with our final Life as Leadership interview this Friday. Until then, keep living and leading well.